Hello and welcome to a, another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host. And like we were telling you guys, we got some great guests lined up, but we first have to talk about the uh, snowpocalypse that Michigan has uh, gotten as we are recording this episode. So Matt, fill us in on a snowpocalypse that you Michiganders apparently can still, no one has learned to drive yet this year. So <laughs> it's uh it's snowmageddon 2022 man. We uh on Tuesday night it started snowing and it didn't stop until sometime late Wednesday. They were saying 2 feet at one point. We probably got maybe a foot, maybe 16 inches at best. I I kid you not, it is shut down almost the whole damn state. My kids have been home from school for all 3 days which is awesome because we kept them out of school on Monday because we were up north visiting families. So they got a whopping one day in, in at school. But, you know, it's it's colder than shit. And there's a little bit of snow and a lot of ice. Uh, I have it easy. I have an office here in my, in my barn at home. I have an office in Brighton. But my guys still made it to the job sites today. No big deal. So as long as you know how to click on the four-wheel drive button, it's really not that bad. Oh. That amount of snow in Tennessee would absolutely cause panic, <laughs> utter chaos. Well, it should, right? You're not supposed to get that, that sort of load down there. <laughs> no, not at all. We panic for flurries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's if you are for all the people traveling or have ever been uh, some road warriors, if Atlanta ever gets a hint of snow, oh my gosh, if you ever had to fly through Atlanta, what a nightmare that becomes at the the whiff of cold. Like it's <laughs> without a doubt, yep. man. Yep. All right, guys. So without further ado, uh, this week we have Josh Sanders uh, coming to the podcast. So Josh has got 14 years of experience of building teams, volunteers, paid staff, church, construction company, kind of name it, uh, and been in sales for man like 20 years almost <laughs> some That's crazy type, type or other you know when you add it all up and uh really is taking uh remodeling companies from 150 200 grand a month to 1.2 million a month and is now in the kind of handyman and specializing in uh bathroom remodeling uh over the last year and you know in 22 on track to do a million dollars really in his first uh kind of full year uh, being in business. So without further ado, Josh, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here, man. This is, this is exciting. Glad to be on here and provide some value. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. I guess the first question is, uh, what, uh, what was your first sales job? Oh gosh, Lowe's 16 year old. I went from cashier and one day they were desperate and threw me back into flooring. I had no clue what I was doing and evidently all the old ladies coming through looking for their vinyl flooring, they thought I was cute and it worked and I had no clue how to do it, but that was my first sales job. And, uh, I mean, it, it worked out for me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so from flooring salesman to, to entrepreneur, man, that's a, that's a big jump. Yeah, it was a big jump. It was a lifetime of kind of finding myself and my niche. I mean, you think I went from 16 years old, Lowe's 
thrown into flooring to college and then ministry and seminary and then getting burnt out and then right back into construction and sales, like, you know, kind of came back to my first love. Very, very cool. So let, let's unpack that a little bit though. You, yep. uh, you went to the seminary to seminary school. Yep. Southern Baptist theological seminary. Wow. How, how was that as far as a, as a, as a path to choose? In, in, it was crazy. So in high school, I was not a very good student. I concentrated on sports and, you know, didn't care about school. And even in my undergraduate, I'm not proud of it, but it took me seven years to get my bachelor's degree because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Um, then landed on communications and felt like that was kind of a good niche for me. Um, and I was already serving at church. And so um, seminary was it. And it's kind of funny. Seminary gets a bad rap. You you get that, like you're a Bible thumper. Um, but the program that we were in was more focused towards just leadership, organizational leadership and how to lead people the right way. Um, you've seen the, you've seen the, uh, the pictures of the, the leader either pulling people and working with the people or sitting sitting on the block you know with their hand out like this it's really just teaching how to lead people um and i think the benefit was i was leading people while i was learning to lead people at the same time and man you know i, I struggled with it when i left seminary to go into construction like what in the how am i going to even use this and maybe some of the stuff we'll talk about here in a little bit it's kind of crazy the doors that it's opening in the construction world for me Oh, that's awesome, man. And, and don't feel bad about your bachelor's degree. I think if you, if you add up all the time, when, when I dropped out of school and went back, I, I think I probably have you beat. Uh, and for that matter, I got a degree in psychology and here I am nice. in, in construction. So yeah, di different, uh, paths, but, but I know the, uh, the route you took, man. Yes, sir. What brought you back to construction? Yeah, that's a, it's a funny, crazy story. Um, as long as I can remember, uh, my dad has always been the uh, cousin, uncle, brother, grandson, friend that was doing odd and end jobs um, on top of his full-time job. And he always took us. So me and my brothers, he always took us with him. And you always hear those sayings about, you know, uh, my feelings don't get hurt easy because I did construction work with my dad that wasn't it for us at all. Dad was so intentional about being patient with us and teaching. Uh, one of my earliest memories was I was, I think I was 12 and one of our friends bought a warehouse and he wanted to turn it into a, a gym. And so dad, me, and this guy, we framed all the walls, drywall, plumbing, carpet squares, desks. And that's where I learned most of it. And dad was very patient, um, with us. And so that kind of started it. We were always doing that stuff. And then um, I got married and wasn't making a lot of money. Our first house was 700 square feet. You could literally vacuum the entire house from one outlet um, on a pastor's salary. And so if it broke, I, if I didn't know how to fix it, I was figuring out how to fix it. And same thing with my dad. And so I've always done that kind of stuff. Even at the church, when something broke, I was running to fix it. So and when I got burned out on ministry, that's the first thing my, my mind went to, um, it was like construction. That's, that's what I know. I, I know I can do it and I know I can figure it out if I actually don't know how to do it. So when I was ready to kind of give up ministry, that's, that's just where I ran to. And 
ended up getting a job as a project manager and moved up from project manager to product and vendors. And then from there went to sales and in sales, I was like, I can do this on my own. I'm going to be my own boss. And so started Sanders and Sons. That's awesome, man. I, I was doing a little digging around on some of your, your social, you know, in the last couple <laughs> of days. Yeah. And, uh, I, I saw the Sanders and Sons logo. And, and at first I was looking and I thought it might be you and your, you have two sons, right? I do. So I, I thought you were kind of pre-planning for that, but then I, I finally made it to the actual Sanders and Sons Facebook page. And I yeah. see that it's, it's you, your dad and, and your brother. Yep. I've got uh, my dad, one of my brothers, both of them are basically full-time. I have my middle brother who works sometimes on the weekends. He's a teacher. Um, and so, yeah, we, we only have one employee right now. That's not a Sanders. Um, so we're currently expanding and growing, but yeah. And my boy, it's beautiful. I get to bring my boys now and do what my dad did with me and they love it. Like they're already talking about and asking when they get to be the boss. <laughs> that is, that is awesome, man. Yeah. That's very cool. It's pretty cool. So what, what kind of construction do you guys focus on? Yeah. So I, I really wrestled with that. Um, uh, as I was thinking about getting into it, but we've kind of finally landed on, we're going to do all the jobs that the big general contractors don't want to do because they're too small. Um, at one point I was thinking about getting my GC license and going commercial and doing all the, all, all the big stuff, but there's such a need, especially here in the Southeast for somebody who will do the smaller bathroom remodels and the quick turnaround jobs. So, um, there, there are a couple uh, businesses without mentioning names that started out as handyman and expanded into kitchens, bathrooms, decks, roofs, gutters, siding, and now they don't do any one thing good. It's all a bunch of things, very mediocre. And so that's one of our core values is we're going to be excellent at bathrooms and smaller. So that's that's kind of our specialty. Nice. So is it is it primarily renovation work then? Yeah, it's, it's mostly um, like bathrooms right now. We're booked out for about three to four months, um, depending oh. on what we run into. You know, when you tear out a toilet or a bathtub, there's always going to be rot underneath it. So, <laughs> um, so bathrooms are booked out like that. And then as far as handyman jobs, um, it's everything from hanging TVs on the wall to uh, I went to one the other night. You have to get on the Instagram page there. It looked like a freaking waterfall in this lady's crawl space and she told me it was the toilet she's like the toilet's just kind of continuing running i went out there and a whole copper line had busted so oh, wow. um so those those just keep those are daily they keep ro rolling in bathrooms are booked out and yeah that's what it looks like for us nice man i, I love hearing stories like that it's, it's a blast I it keeps me on my toes and i love it for sure and you get something different all the time you know, I love I, it. Yes. I started in residential also. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I'm in commercial now and, and I miss that aspect of it because we'll be on projects that may last a year, or if you put the sales cycle in, it's, you know, two, three years yeah. and it's cool and all, but at some point it, you're, you know, you're looking at the same thing every day and day. And, and I kind of miss that, that quick and easy or not, not easy, but quick and, and varietal, you know, of, of mm -hmm. residential, of small residential work. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the, one of the things that benefits us uh, as well. Like my, my previous employer just, they, I mean, you, you get with those guys every now and then, but they're cutting some corners. And one of the things when we 
started Sanders and Sons, we decided we we're going to do business with integrity and, and customer first and take care of them. It's really, it's a lot easier to do that when you're in their house for a lot shorter time because they don't get tired of you as quick. I mean, I've over, I've overseen kitchen remodels that, you know, take four to five weeks, six weeks and, you know, two to three weeks in, they're tired of you being in their business. So, um, so it, it, it did, it, it makes sense to keep the job shorter, but I'm also ADD just like that. And I love getting in and then get out. I love it. And getting paid. That's a huge benefit too. You get paid way faster. You do. You definitely get paid and it's easier for us too. Like we, the customer buys the materials when, when it's a handyman job, the materials are there. So we literally walk in, put it together, install it, fix it. And we're out onto the next job. It's a, nice. it's a beautiful thing. Nice. So you hit on uh, a couple big things. One is uh, picking a niche, right? You've we kind of hit that rare. You found something to be good at. And I think to your point, a lot of contractors, a lot of engineering firms, a lot of basically the whole industry. It's like, yeah, sure. We'll do it. <laughs> it's the mm -hmm. one of my first boss. Uh, he was really the only one that used this, but it's the AFAB model, right? Anything for a buck. They'll, mm -hmm. you, I mean, it's true, yep. right? Like how many yep. firms do you go to? And they're like, you know, we want a building. Sure. We'll do it. Right. Don't know yeah. what kind, yeah. don't have no idea. Like could be cold storage and you've only built, you know, schools, right? Like it's complete opposite of whatever it is you do, but sure. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. We'll pay for yep. it. So in, you know, I know that you've only been in business here for yourself for the last seven months, but how important has that been in like, Hey, this is the only thing that we do. Uh, and just like clarity of message really for your clients, for them to know what you guys do. Yeah. Uh, it's one, it's highly important for me and then my employees to know that um, as we're, you know, the, that word sales, it, it gets a bad rap, but as we're selling these jobs, it's so important for us to know what we do and what we do well, because that's how we're selling value to the customer. We're not the cheapest option in this area. And there's a reason for that. Obviously there's, you know, you've got your overhead, your insurance, your bond, all that kind of fun stuff. But we also know what we're good at. And I can say confidently that we're not going to go onto a roof and say, yeah, I'll find your leak and fix that. That's, that's not us. Uh, it saves us so much time, money, energy. And what's funny is there are customers that get mad at you for being completely honest and saying, no, we can't do that. But here's a couple suggestions. What do you mean you can't do that? Uh, so for us specifically, you, you know, in, in our industry, there's no shortage of, of work to be done. Um, so for me specifically as the owner who kind of carries the weight of the business, it's freed my mind up to know that what we're doing, we're going to do well. We're going to get a good review in the end and they're going to refer us to somebody else. And that simply comes from we narrowed our niche down. We know what we're good at and we're going to stick that and not go out outside that. Um, and what's, what's funny is that it, it's a snowball effect, right? Uh, we've, we've figured out what we're good at. We're okay with saying that's not in our wheelhouse. Here's somebody we recommend doing that because of that. Our customers are referring us to their friends and family because of what we do really well. So in our seven, eight months here that we've, we've been in business, I've spent, 
$100, maybe just a little bit more on marketing, the rest has been referrals. Um, and we're growing exponentially. It's not, I'm not an amazing, crazy leader. I just, we take care of our customers and we know what we do well. The picking something that you know you can do well, it, the benefits are exponential. You touched on a great point there. Um, you know, selling and, and sales, it, it does have a bad rap. Like whenever I say that I, I'm in sales, I, I picture, you know, the slimy used car guy on the lot trying to, trying to sell you a, a mm -hmm. salvage title. But yes. the reality is when, when you're a small organization like yours or like mine mm -hmm. or, or even like Dylan, every single person in your industry is a salesman, whether they want to admit it or not right? Because we, we mm -hmm. all have to be sales-based because otherwise we'd starve to death. So what you've done, and, and it sounds like you've done it really well, is that you, you laser focus in on that niche and, and you drive that home to your people so that, you know, you said you're not the greatest leader. I, I would, you know, I don't know how, how you are in, in, in person, but on the Zoom here, you just said basically like leadership 101. You drive that vision into your people so much that, that they're out now selling jobs for you whether they want to call it that or not, you know, they may be, Absolutely. they may be a carpenter, but really they're also selling the next project and, and you're doing it. And that's how you mm -hmm. build those referrals. That's how, that's how great businesses form and, and, and not just form, but stay in the game because mm -hmm. there's fly by night companies all over the place and in every sector of construction that are up and down and gone and you never hear from them again. Right. And, and I think a lot of that is because they don't, they don't push the vision. They don't paint their picture to their people so that their people are always out selling for them. So mm -hmm. I think, I think you've yeah. got a good one there. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what, um, I have, I have a blessing of my dad and another of my mentors. They serve on, I guess, a board, I guess you would say. And we were even talking about the other day. We don't even use the word selling anymore. We, we talk about one of our core values is we never, never start with a problem. We always start with the solution and the same thing in selling. We're talking about how we're providing value, how we're fixing the problem that they have. Um, and so in that, it completely flips the dime in the whole conversation. You're not saying, oh, here's the problem you have and here's what I can. It, it completely changes the conversation. Absolutely. And you're not you're not selling widgets, right? If you were, that's a, that's a whole different mindset you got to have is, as, a, yeah. as a human to do that. But you know, yeah. you, you are selling solutions. So I, I love that answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That brings up, I mean, so a couple of things too. one and being residential, what kills more contractors than anything else is poor cash flow, right? Going into oh, yeah. their heads and that that's what sinks, especially in the commercial world where they can't go 60, 90 days. And we've had, you know, like Scott Pepper come on and talk about financing uh, for contractors, you know, cause that is their number mm -hmm. one problem and right. He offers a solution, but the, mm -hmm. so that's the beauty of residential where you can do this. The other thing too, is in having one product, you now have one kind of main solution, right. Is that you now have tons of examples of successful, happy clients. So you have all the testimonials, mm -hmm. everything gets reinforced, right. Yeah. Versus if you did, you know, six different project types, you now have like, do you have all the testimonials, all the examples of everything that you've done? And this is why being niche, like one of the engineering firm, well, A&E firms that I work for specialized in uh, K-12, right? That was really their niche. We did some higher ed and they wanted mm -hmm. to say they did more higher ed than they did 
just for the like ego part of it, but like yep. education was what, what we did. And we did a lot of them and we did, you know, I mean, they're big buildings, but to be niched in that people knew that they could come to us and this was our, this is what we did. And that's extremely powerful in going out to the market, not only from, you know, a social proof standpoint of having examples, being able to show expertise in it, uh, but also people then come to you after a while for that specific thing. So the, the more you can be specialized in it. And again, like this is the other hard part in construction, maybe not in what you're doing, but is like the cyclical nature of how like some projects go, right? When government's up, commercials down or vice versa. Yep. Healthcare is usually about all the same because <laughs> hospitals always renovate, but yep. is uh, choosing that. But the thing that I want to kind of transition here to is um, as you have grown and getting referrals, is that something that you ask for or is it something that just has happened kind of organically with your customer base? It's actually on my reminder sheet. I have a checklist. Um, I'm so ADD. I have to have a checklist for about everything I do. Um, it's on my checklist when a customer says how happy they are uh, or how satisfied they are. My, my next line is, okay, it, do you have a friend that you can refer to it to us? However, I can think of maybe one or two situations where I've actually had to ask for it. So uh, it's really funny before, before we got on here, my, I have a bathroom lead. He leads my bathroom team. That way I don't have to worry about it. He's great. I don't know. I don't even know how I found this guy. He's amazing. He's a gift especially in today's time, but he texted me. We're getting ready to start. This will be the biggest job we've ever done. It's a 250 square foot master bathroom. It's, it's huge. Um, we're just in the pre-construction phase right now, but um, she has already referred us to two of her friends just simply wow. because of how the pre-construction phase has gone. We did the estimate. She loved it. We've walked her through material selections and we've gone to her house multiple times she's already referring us to her friends. Um, and that's our goal. We, I, we're still honing in on the, the purpose, the word we're called wordsmithing it, but we really want to make it feel like your favorite uncle or your favorite cousin came into your house and did a great job. And you're going to share that with everybody. That's awesome, man. I mean, getting, getting referrals in the pre-con stage, that's, that's almost unheard of, right? <laughs> it's cra It's crazy. And coming from, I, I came from a construction company that literally tried to do everything from handyman all the way up to commercial. And now that, that's, yeah, it was crazy. And that kind of stuff is impossible, let alone getting a good. All right. So we had a little zoom problem and uh, we're picking back up. So <laughs> I honestly don't know where we stopped, but uh, this is you know, what happens when, uh, when you're on that, but, uh, you had a bunch of referrals, big bathroom project, and um, really, I guess <clears throat> we're going to make up hard right, guys, is so now, you know, on top of doing Sanders and Sons, you're also doing some consulting uh, with Claudio, who's been on, Mike Claudio is with Win Rate Consulting, who's been on the show. Uh, gosh, it's been like two years, I think, with Mike, and we're trying to get him scheduled, but uh it's going to be a while before we get back on. Anyway, uh, with that, what are you up to uh, with Mike? How's that going? And, you know, 
obviously you helping contractors and all that sort of good stuff. So this does tie into construction guides. Don't worry. But Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> fill us in on that side of things, man. Yeah. So actually right now I'm not a consultant with him. Uh, he's got, he's got some high quality coaches on his team now. It's not just him. Um, so my role with WinRate Consulting is event planner. So they have multiple levels to their coaching from, you know, the winning mindset. Uh, it's an online course uh, that you can go through to one-on-one -on -one coaching to the champion circle, which is, that's, that's where I really uh, plan the events where we come together once a quarter uh, and do teaching, breakout sessions, um, and just kind of get together and, uh, you know, pick each other's brains. And so, man, it's, it's really awesome. So I've known from, uh, you know, for the longest time now that um, I think it's funny, Mike even puts it in his, he's put it in his book. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Um, that rings true in every area of life. And in construction, we can get in this really like lonesome, I'm doing it my way. I don't need anybody to look at it. But really, the guys who are succeeding are, are guys who've got at least one business mentor who can look objectively at the business and give you some coaching. Um, and funny enough, the I met Mike at a conference um, last June, right before I was starting Sanders and Sons. Um, and he ended up sitting down with us. My wife was with me that night and she was like, that guy's a little different. Like he, he's really cool. And, um, he, his talk that day and then our one-on-one -on -one just sitting down, chilling, shooting the breeze kind of gave me the confidence to, to start my own business. Went on. I told him about that. Ended up, I'm ended up working for him now and being in this circle of guys, even at the last event, I just kind of listened to, uh, the guys that are in the circle talk. I learned so much from these guys because Mike is speaking into their business. It, it's, it's a great thing. Uh, they, he's providing value, great value to these guys. His coaches are, these events are, and I mean, I can't recommend getting a business coach enough enough and shameless plug when rate consulting, you can't go wrong with that. So, you know, yeah, having a mentor or a coach in business is, is so hugely important. Um, honestly, it's something I've, I've lacked a lot of my career. And had I had that extra piece, you know, the, the levels I'm at now would just pale in comparison to where I would be. Um, I, I will also say, uh, Mari Madrigal, who's been on our show, she's now in, in win rate of some form, I guess, or, or mm -hmm. one of the consultees, she came back. I, I talked with her a couple of weeks ago and she said that whatever your last event was, she said it was fantastic and, and yep. nothing but, but great things to say about it. So it's awesome. So good job on that too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I would, it's just good. It, I go back all the time to that, that objective. eye. we, if it's our business, it's our baby. Every decision we make has some emotional component to it. You, you need somebody to objectively unemotionally look at it. Um, and those guys with win rate, they, it's, they'll shoot you straight. And it's a great thing. It's a great thing for your business. You need someone who's willing to do that, right? Absolutely. Somebody who, who's a third party. They're not sitting inside your four walls every day. Cause you get blinders on, you know, it's, it's like, it's the whole reason we do punchless walkthroughs and we invite somebody else to come with us, a new set of eyes, the architect, the owner, whoever is because when you stare at the same thing every day, even if it's wrong or imperfect, you start to kind of gloss over and it just, 
it, it goes back into the ether and you, you can't see it. So, you know, I, having that, that person, that visionary to help kind of point those things out, I think is, is really, really important in growing a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's a, there's even another component to it. You realize you need a, you need a mentor, you need that objective eye. You also got to make sure you're willing to accept it. Cause there are these people who are, uh, uh, I don't even know what you call it, the, the, the lifelong students, but they never implement anything. They don't listen to coaching. They don't, they don't implement the books they read. They just read a book to say they can read a book. If you're going to jump into something like this, one, it's an investment, but two, you've got to take it and implement these things uh, because you got to know they're, it's an objective view, but the goal is to change your life and to change your business. Um, so yeah, that's just a whole other aspect to it. Definitely. The, there's a ton of that that goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I've heard that re- really rings true is if you don't actually learn anything, are you actually a student, right? Like if you never implemented yep. it, are you actually learning? The answer is no, right? So you can take right. all this information, but if you don't do anything with it, then you never learned. So mm-hmm. therefore, like you're not truly a student, right? Cause a student mm-hmm. takes knowledge and then implements it. So there's a lot of, I mean, to that point, right. There are a lot of people that hear stuff that take it in, but never put it in play, like execute it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, personally, like there's a lot of things like within the software world, right. Of like how to execute across that and doing software and what it takes to actually sell and implement that into businesses right and that's kind of mm-hmm. what i do at calvin studios is software and turns out like most engineering firms don't want to implement software right so like how do you take that right as a student like it's not just from a book or an event or a thing but it's like how does the market respond to what you do so we all need to learn from not only books coaches mentors but from our clients right what do they what do they like what do they don't like what do they pay for, you know, and not what they say, what they say is almost meaningless. It's what they actually pay for and what they do. Cause that's really the true, uh, that's the reality of it, not some fairy tale. So I think in all of our businesses and especially in construction, it's what do people actually pay for? Right. What do they actually do? Right. Like the lady that's doing referrals, you, you're doing something right and you're estimating, and process for that, for her to give you referrals before our job even started, right? So it's do more of that and, you know, figure out why other people didn't give you those same things, right? But to, yeah. on the student teacher piece of it is, you know, you guys have to go and actually do something with the information you've been taught, you know, whatever that comes from and to not ignore any source of information right it's good bad otherwise like don't do that right like how do people get homeless well figure out that and like not do that uh and same with like being successful like figure out what they did and do that um pretty straightforward line but you have to apply it you know a lot of it to your own business absolutely and uh hopefully you don't mind this is ready a hard left turn right back into the trade kind of stuff yeah i'm seeing that more and more I don't know how it is on the West Coast, in the East Coast. So here, I think I mentioned it earlier, you know, sounds like I'm making fun of them. I'm not making fun of them, but every Bob, Bill, and Tommy John, everybody does some kind of handyman work or they start their own business and handyman. But what what they don't try to get better on 
is the business side of things, the marketing, the keeping up with the books, the job costing, the the having a conversation with the customer that's that's polite and not construction like you, you speak the customer's language. And so that's I mean, that's one of my um that's a problem I see back here. And I kind of have a heart for it because there's no reason for me to be in competition with these guys. There's so much business, there's plenty of business to go around. We're creating a resource page on our website for other trades and contractors about how to do your taxes, where to go to file your business license, where to find bonds, and trying to help them in this aspect. They've got to actually learn that and, and kind of get out of the field. But there's so many guys that go out of business because they're not learning that side of the business. That's a, that's a hard nut to crack, right? Because because you're right. It, it, in Certainly in some states, in Michigan especially, it's pretty damn easy to start a a construction company of some sort, right? We have a, a state level license, you know, some classes. Now it's harder than when way back in history when I did it, but, but it's still fairly straightforward and easy to, to get legally qualified to go mm-hmm. do a bathroom or build a deck or build a barn or whatever. But, you know, starting a business is so much more than that. And, you know, I've seen it now from, from a career that started in residential and is stretched through the to small commercial and now to bigger commercial, you still have to find that way to talk to everybody. And you have to, you, you said, you got to learn to speak their language. That is, it is so true and spot on. And, you know, I credit my amazing psychology degree for, for gifting me with that ability to talk to <laughs> various different people, but it, it goes from more from, you know, from, from your clients, certainly, because you got to be able to sell, but you also have to be able to sell to your subs and to your employees. And you got to absolutely you have to talk to all of them differently because everybody has different motivations going on. And, you know, to, to be able to master that is, is huge. And what you're doing then with, with taking that ability to sell to your subs or to, to local trades, you know, by, by helping them out, you're, you're, you're now, you're bettering the whole industry, right? Cause you're, through, through just your willingness to help and to share, you're casting your vision on the new people who, whether or not they're going to work with you ever, they're now got a piece of you going on into their business. And yeah. if more and more of us keep doing that, it just, the whole thing snowballs, man. And eventually this crazy industry we're all part of becomes fixed. You know, Absolutely. We've, we've been broken for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, listen, I, I, I've only been back in the industry for you know almost two two years now maybe uh, three years now and it is the construction home service it all there's it's just a bad name because there's a few bad apples out there not taking care of customers and so i mean that's our goal and give credit where credit's due that's that that's some coaching from from mike um it change lives with every single conversation make an impact with every conversation help first and um, I just kind of had that realization one day here, um, actually talking to a buddy who's trying to get into, um, plumbing actually. Um, and I'm like, why not help these guys out and kind of speak into it and try to fix our trade. And it'll make, it makes my life a lot easier as the more lives that we change, the better we make other contractors. It makes my life a lot easier. And we kind of walk in with at least a little bit of trust. And that's, that's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's why Dylan and I do the podcast. We're not advertising. We're not charging yep. fees to listen to it. I have people asking me all the time, like, you're still doing that thing. Are you making money on it yet? 
It's like, no, man, that's not the point, right? The, the point is to, to cast my portion of this vision and Dylan's portion of the vision and help as many people as we can and, and fix this industry. And in doing Absolutely. that, you fix a part of yourself too, right? Like there's mm -hmm. intrinsic value in, in all of it. So it, it, it's all cyclical, man. And it all, you know, if, if we all just start helping and, and giving more than we expect, the world would be a better place, right? We're getting, we're getting philosophical here, but that's, that's really the nuts and bolts of it. Completely agree. Yeah, I mean, the work works on you more than you work on it. Right. So like stuff like this is, you know, is good for us is good for you guys yeah. listening to really. So first Josh, where can they find you? So uh, really my biggest platform is Instagram right now and, and Facebook. So that's just Josh Sanders, four, two, three on Instagram that you'll find Sanders and sons. You'll find everything on Instagram there. And then Sanders and sons handyman, it's, it's still being built out with the resource page, but hopefully in the next month, there'll be the business resources and that's just Sanders and sons handyman.com. Awesome. And Kind of like the the big question we like to ask all of our guests are, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, what you're doing, uh, problems you solve, but really what across the industry is, you know, maybe the biggest problem that, that you really see and then a solution to that problem. Since we like to always bring solutions, uh, not just problems to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And that, that's a, that's a hard one to narrow down. I think, um, top two. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I think I really, I, the, the one that's on the tip of my tongue right now is, is really still, it goes back to dealing with customers, um, and how a lot of guys in our industry do that. And so, um, I don't know if you hear this a lot, uh, where you all are, but oftentimes I get, well, I'm going to get multiple quotes and I'm going to compare apples to apples. I have to control myself because that drives me up a wall and you got to calm yourself down because it does. It drives it, most contractors. It's going to drive them up at the wall and they're going to go nuts. They're going to go off on the customer. They're going to get short. They're going to get rude or they're just going to walk away. I'm trying not to do that, but instead educate the customer. So where we do a lot of referrals, most of our businesses from re referrals, most of our business follows me on social media. So I've recorded a series of videos educating our consumer on value and how the, the next video release is talking about how it's impossible to compare apples to apples. Uh, we get the, well, my cousin said that you should be able to do the job for this much and he runs a flooring business and so and so and so in that in that we're we're talking about the in the video we're talking about well in order to really compare apples to apples you need to know payroll which nobody's going to release to you you need to know overhead so what they spend on marketing and taxes and you know, uh, uh, rent and workman's comp and insurance things that protect you that's that's what you really need to know and so i think i think the problem is is twofold it's the consumer understanding the value of what a good contractor is providing but i also think it's with the contractor you understand the value that you're providing but you also acknowledge that the consumer doesn't necessarily understand that yet and it's your job to kindly educate them in every way and so i've told my guys every conversation 
there's a sale made. You've either sold them on why they should go with us and why we're the best option, or they sold you on why they're going to go with somebody else. Um, and so if we are kind and we educate the consumer, I'm fully confident that we can grab those sales, even if we are the most expensive one. So that's, I mean, it's just one of the, that's just one of the problems that I, I see right now with all of my friends who are in this industry. You hear that I'm going to get mo- multiple quotes and either you go off or you give up. Well, that, I don't think that's an option. I think, I think you educate both areas. First off, I'm totally going to steal that. Um, in every conversation, there's a sale made because that's brilliant. I love it. Uh, I'll, I'll give you credit where it's due. But Hey, listen, I probably heard it from somebody else in <laughs> the past few years. And I have no clue who it was, but it makes sense. You're, you're right. Because, you know, the whole apples to apples thing in, in my world, in commercial, there's a lot of funding and insurance requirements that, that forces owners to get a certain number of bids. If you, if you play by those old rules and, and we fight against those rules every single day, because it doesn't matter. You hit it. Like it's, it's not the, the number on paper. It's the value you can provide. It's how many hours per week, per year, over the last 20 some years, have you been working towards this, this goal that building this career, building your knowledge bank, and you can't, you can't put pricing on that and you can't compare it necessarily. So it's it, what it comes down to is it's, it's like apples to, it's not apples to oranges. It's like apples to moldy bread. In a lot of cases, they're exactly they're just so diametrically opposed. There is no comparison, but you know, we've talked about educating the consumer a lot today and that's, that's what it is. It's, you have to be able to sell it, but you have to be able to show them like we may not be the cheapest guys in town, but we also don't want to be. And here's why boom. Mm -hmm. And, and no one does that. So I I can see it. I can see, I see it in the commercial side where I live. I could see how it works on, on your side of the table and, and certainly on, on the design consultant side with Dylan. Yeah. I mean, and, and listen, I, as we even speak it, it's easier said than done, right? You, oh, yeah. you do have to have a, an element of control, gathering your thoughts. And listen, they don't always bite. The, the one that I'm even referencing now, they didn't go with us because they had budgeted based upon this other guy. I don't, it was, it was crazy. I did some serious educating and it still didn't work. Um, but because I did that, they already said, Hey, we've got other projects. We will budget for you guys. We want you to come do it. So future it worked immediate. It didn't, but you've got to have the wherewithal to, to commit to that process. You got to plant a lot of seeds to grow a forest, man. And that's what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. And on that, it's also like, Hey, that's fine to go get other quotes, but here are the umpteen things that you need to look at when you're comparing quotes because this is especially in commercial um because now you have all you know 19 trades right all 42 divisions or 36 right like (laughs) specs you got to go through to like figure out like what is this going to do right so Mm -hmm. for all these like you got to line item a lot of this stuff and then commercial it can be very overwhelming when you have every single trade on a new build and what are you actually getting? What is the flooring that you're actually specking? What is the wall finish you're actually specking? What is the building made of? Is it wood or steel, right? What is your insurance cost going to be after it's built? 
is your what is your air handler? Is it the cheapest thing you can get, or is this going to actually like you know not give you uh, laryngitis and mold and all this stuff you yeah. know from the air system? Like these are all like the list of things, but it, and that's like a three hour discussion to go through every single division to you know hand them off uh, and let them know right. So through a lot of this, it is education and more and more, you know, the people that we're bringing on for you guys, it, this is the biggest part, right. Is, you know, like last episode, educating people about concrete, you know, <laughs> polishes and finishes, right. For bathrooms, what is it actually going to be for you? What are you actually getting? What are we putting down? What are the materials? How long is this going to take? Right. Can we knock this out? Is this a one day job, a three day job, right. Is the next guy going to take two weeks? Cause he doesn't have the people to do it. Like these are all big education questions uh, to your, your customers, right. And same in the commercial world that again, need a long conversation around, not just, you know, the highlight, the presentation of here's the last 10 projects we did and the people we did them for in a beautiful building. And I mean, you need that for sure to say that you have expertise in the thing it is that you do, but you also need like when it comes down to quotes and more so Matt, honestly, on your side, GC side, like here's all the, you know, line item stuff. Cause that's going to get critiqued by 19 different people at the end of the day. And not everyone's going to have that education conversation versus like a PDF getting sent with no explanation. It's like, well, why is this expensive? And then you need a 20 minute, you know, talk to say, well, here's the 15 things that we did and this is why. And you, you know, you go down the line, but not you, like no videos get sent with that, you know, price sheet, right? <laughs> like It's just like, here you go. Like, and then you have to deal with it on a one by one and you spend four hours dealing with it. So for all of you out there, like those explanations need to come with it. Um, you know, was, you could do that fairly easily uh, on the residential side, right? It's having a 10 minute conversation with the homeowner on the commercial side. You got to have that same conversation with about 40 people to, you know, like get it across the, the finish line. So communication is always the thing that we come down to, but I think this is a very more uh, tactical piece than we've really talked about on the show before is, you know, making yourself heard, known and spend the time to elaborate on everything that it is that you do and why you're doing it that way. Um, that being said, Josh, any uh, final uh, comments before we uh, wrap up the show, man? Yeah, man. I just, uh, just quickly want to add on what you just said. I think maybe another, maybe another layer to that problem is in, in our businesses, we, we are busy. I mean, we, we've got to send one quote, and we got to go on to the next quote, or we got to send one quote and then get into somebody's house and start laying flooring. It's a time investment. And what you're doing is you are investing into that customer. And ultimately it will, you will have an ROI. You will have, uh, you will have key performance indicators that just light up because you've put that investment in them. Part of it's investing in them. Part of it's you've got to invest in your process to know it well enough to explain it in a coherent way. But I think I think you really do. You got to view it as a time investment. And something I've been telling some of the the guys around me. We everybody says trust the process. I think in this aspect, you got to find pleasure in the process. You've got to enjoy this process of okay. I need to educate them. This is a time investment for them to appreciate what we're doing and refer us to other people cyclical i think we keep going back to that whole 
that whole theme. So that's my final thought. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> no, man, it, it, that's a great final thought. You, you got to like what you do too, right? Absolutely. If you can't, if you can't get in that zone, then why, why even bother? Go, there's, mm-hmm. there's plenty of ways to make a living. Yep. With that, guys, uh, we've covered a lot of ground today, right? From leadership to communication to niching down and knowing your product, right? Knowing what you offer, knowing the service, knowing the value that you provide and bring to the customers. I mean, ton of value in this episode. Um, and we don't ask for anything, right? We do this uh, somewhat out of the goodness of our hearts uh, and to give back to the industry, Matt and I do. So, and, you know, having great people on like Josh to really share lessons learned, share valuable things that, you know, we've all, a lot of us learned the hard way uh, and we're giving those lessons to you so you don't have to. So again, share the show guys. Uh, We appreciate you listening. And that is this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. Until next time.